Today I want to focus on choosing love over fear with our words. Man, if you've been in our church for any length of time, you've heard us talk about words, how powerful they are. I think if you're a believer, probably you've at least heard people talk about how powerful your words are. But as powerful as you've ever believed your words are, I'm telling you they are even more powerful than that. We are made in the image of the God who created everything you know with his words. The God that created every atom, every cell in your body, every part of this world, he created with words. Amen. We are made in his image. Amen. And then we read in the word and we get to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. This is a life verse for, for, for myself, for Lisa and my family. This is one that we always have at the forefront of our thoughts. Like it's one of the ones that we know by heart. It's one that as much as we do act upon this verse, we got to keep moving forward and acting on it even more. <laughs> right? Because here's what it says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. Amen. And that's a powerful verse. Yeah. You heard that phrase, you'll eat your words? Mm-hmm. It's the word of God. You ever know that? <laughs> it's the word of God. You will actually eat your words. They provide the nutrients, the substance, the life or death that you are carrying through life. Wow. They are that powerful. Your words are the meal that you're preparing for yourself wow. and others. And if you wonder why there's not many more people in your life that you consider a close friend, they might not like your food too much. They might not want to sit at your table. I remember, you know when a meal's going to be good or bad, sometimes just by looking at it. My Aunt Darlene one time made this lasagna that she put in front of us. It was not vegetable lasagna, but it was green. And I looked at that lasagna, and I thought I was about seven years old, and I thought, I'm not going to like this. And I looked over at my mom, and she said, you will eat that. <laughs> My dad said, you will eat that. And I'm telling you, I didn't like it. I didn't eat lasagna for a long, long time. Because it didn't like me either. It did not last long on the inside. Here's something else about Aunt Darlene, though. She was the most negative person I've ever met in my life. It could be a perfectly good day, and Aunt Darlene talked about how bad it was. Somebody could be living a perfectly fine life. They might be your friend. They might be your aunt and uncle, or maybe your grandma. You might think they're awesome. Aunt Darlene's going to sit there and tell you everything wrong with that. And you know what? I hate to say it. She's long gone. I loved her. But no one wanted to be around Aunt Darlene. And nobody wanted to eat her lasagna. The food she prepared was not good, and she was a very negative person. But you not only get nutrients or, or the opposite from the words you're eating, just like food. So do other people. You are serving those words to whoever is around you to hear them. John 15, 26, out of the Passion Translation, says this, I will send you the divine encourager. Talking about the Holy Spirit, Jesus is saying this. I'll send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father. He will come to you, the Spirit of truth, emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, which means you have a choice. Not only do you have a choice to speak positive or negative words, you have a choice to partner with the Holy Spirit inside of you and speak words of encouragement straight from the throne of God to yourself and all those around you. Or, even though you're a believer, you still have a choice to partner with the enemy and what he's speaking over people too. And just like you can partner and speak encouragement, you can partner and speak discouragement. The 
definition of discouragement is an eye opener. To deprive someone of courage or confidence. Wow. When you're partnering with words of discouragement over people, you are depriving them of confidence. You are depriving that person of the very confidence and courage that if they're a believer, they have in the Holy Spirit. But you, it's like that phrase, sucking the life out of it. It's like you are just taking the courage right out of somebody. Whereas encouraging some way is, somebody is, is you're literally installing courage into that person. And it's your choice. You can be a courage thief, or you can be a courage giver. The Holy Spirit inside of you is a courage giver. He's the courage bringer. He is the divine encourager. And he's on the inside of you. And your words are either partnering with him or partnering with the enemy or the world, and neither one of those are a good choice. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you will eat the fruit of your words. Here's the thing about fruit. Is, is, is there is an immediate counter-response to words, but something else about words is you will eat the fruit of them, which means what they produce, which means they're also a seed. Words are also a seed. Right. There's an immediate response. I mean, you can immediately encourage somebody. You can immediately discourage somebody. But those words are even more powerful than just that immediate response. Mm -hmm. They're planted like a seed, and then they bear fruit. They produce a whole tree. They produce a whole harvest on the inside of yourself and somebody else. And so much of what you're going through right now, your thought patterns, the negativity or the positivity, the good things in your life, or even the negative things, how you respond to that resistance Ms. Ruth talked about, so much of it, the way you are right now, is because of words you spoke and seeds you planted over the last however many seasons that have gone before this one. But the good news is you have a choice right now to make some changes and make some new choices. And you can start right now planting some new seeds. And you can start right now with some good choices. This is it's like changing your diet, right? You gotta take the contents of your fridge out and your cabinet out, you gotta throw it away. You gotta put new stuff in the cabinets, new food in the fridge, and then you have to make a choice by choice, moment by moment choice of what you're putting into your body because that food that you're eating is either bringing life or it's bringing death. Amen. And you might start a diet yesterday or today, that's good, it doesn't mean you're all of a sudden healthy today, right? It takes some time. It goes in and it takes some time. But this can be the start. This can be the start of a new season. A season of health, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It starts with your words, your language. Okay. And James reiterates this in James chapter 3. Here's what he says. He's not comparing words to food, but he compares it to how it directs your life. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We could just stop right there. If we could control our tongue, we could control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. So when there's resistance... That tongue is still what's guiding you through that. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. 
It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. So what's my, what hope do I even have? No one can tame the tongue? You are not alone. you got the Holy Spirit on the inside Amen. of you. Amen. You are more than human. Yeah. Amen. Come on. <laughs> sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. In other words, you can't go around speaking all this negativity, telling people they're worthless, calling people names, just speaking out doubt and unbelief and expect to get any other harvest. Wow. Come, on. Come on, that's good. You why do I deal with doubt so much? Might be a question you have. Maybe that's what you're speaking. Wow. Maybe your words are speaking doubt. You're not going to get a harvest of faith when your words are planting seeds of doubt. Amen. Why is it like I can only see the negative things? Maybe you're just speaking out negative things. That's right. Change the seeds that are coming out of your mouth in the form of words. Change the food, the meal that you are eating. We go back here to our first verse here, which is Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are the power of the tongue. Actually, this is from James. Uh, the word life that James uses is a Greek word, and the literal translation of it is to be alive. There's also a figurative definition in the Greek, and the figurative definition of this word is pretty awesome. Here's the words it says, revitalization, strength. This word life is defined as revitalization, strength, perseverance, recovery, restoration. So listen to this. Revitalization is in the power of your words. Strength is in the power of your words. Perseverance is in the power of your words. Recovery is in the power of your words. Come on. Restoration is in the power of your words. And not just for yourself, but for all those around you who are being served by you. Just like it's good and healthy food and it begins to change things from the inside out and you begin to get healthy and feeling alive again, that's what making good word and speech choices will begin to do to you. Well, the word death here in the Greek Literal translation, to die, figurative, this is important. Pestilence, ruin, destruction, and sorrow. So this is what James says. Pestilence is in the power of your words. Ruin is in the power of your words. Destruction is in the power of your words. Sorrow is in the power of your words. And that's eye-opening. Because so many of us are so loose with our words, especially in the heat of the moment, right? Especially in the heat of the moment when, when, when uh, something doesn't go my way or, or, or we get frustrated all of a sudden, it just starts flying, right? Without even thinking sometimes. You could read this verse like this. 
very contagious, fatal disease is the power of the tongue. Wow. Mm -hmm. Or here's the opposite, which is our choice. We're going to start making a life-giving, revitalizing strength mm -hmm. is in the power of the tongue. Amen. Amen. And that's powerful. What is your choice going to be? Are you going to partner with the fear that the enemy is coming against you and everybody else with? Are you going to partner with the agape love of God that is on the inside Woo! of you in the form of the Holy Spirit? Because it is your choice. Every word you speak is your choice. Mm. Even the ones that, that, that say, I can't even help what I say, I just confess, <laughs> I just speak my mind, I can't help it. Change your mind. Right. Change what's in your mind. Right. If you just can't help it, then change your mind. Yeah. Romans 12.2 says that we will think like the world by default yeah. if we don't renew our minds to the word and change the way we think. Uh -huh. So not only are you talking about a lack of self-control if you have to speak your mind, you're also letting everybody else know what goes on in that thing. And if it's a dark place, you might not want everybody to see what's going on in that thing. You might be doing yourself less of a favor than you think by being the person just has to speak their mind all the time. Wow. Think like Jesus and then be the person that has to speak their mind. Woo! That's good. Yeah. That and if your words don't sound like Jesus, there's a little moment right there where you might say, all right, I need to take some evaluation in my life. Because I never heard Jesus say that. Wow. If you've never heard Jesus say it, just don't say it. Yeah. It's good. But change it at the very root. And yes, it's a moment-by-moment -moment choice. My dad used to, he told me this one time, when he counseled with, with adults, he never pointed them to a calendar and said, look, you see this year? This is going to be the year you never give in to this addiction again. And he never pointed to the calendar and said, look, we're here in the month of January. We're going to go all of January without giving in to this addiction. He never even pointed at the week or the day. He said, when I talk to addicts, you talk about it, as a moment-by-moment, choice-by-choice. Choice. You say, look, we're here right now, and in this moment right now, we're choosing to say no to that addiction. That's right. And that's powerful. Because it's moment-by-moment and choice-by-choice. Choice. And yes, changing our words, changing our language, and choosing love with our words over fear happens every moment you have a new choice. But let me tell you, the more it happens, the more steady that choice becomes, you will see your life change more than you maybe have ever seen it change in your entire life. Amen. That's good. And not only that, but you'll see others responding to you different. They'll want to be in your presence a little bit more. They'll want that food you're serving a little bit more because they know if I go to this person, it's going to be good. This is going to be a good meal. Mike and Mary can fill in here today. If they ever invite you over for dinner, it's going to be a good meal. <laughs> Even if it's made of like beans and tofu, somehow it's going to be a good meal. I would never eat beans and tofu unless Mike and Mary are coming. Because I know it's going to be a good meal if it's at Mike and Mary's house. Right. You can be the kind of person where people say, listen, I don't know exactly what I'm going to get out of this conversation, but I know that it's going to encourage me. Because every time I leave this person's presence, I feel like I could go uh, and walk or run a mile or climb the highest mountain or whatever. Mm. Isn't that how people responded to Jesus? Yeah. Did anybody ever, can, can, you can, did anybody ever leave his presence?
presence discouraged? I can think of a couple times, and it was when he was calling them out for religion. That's right. Oh, when people came to him, and they were just, here I am, this is me. This is all the issues. This is who I am. Man, you left encouraged. Yeah. Right. Amen. Because the words he spoke were life. Yes. And didn't we read this in 1 John chapter 4 last week, that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Your words are as powerful as the words of Jesus. Amen. Have you ever thought about that? You have the same Holy Spirit inside of you that he had in him. The words that you speak are as powerful as the words he spoke. He just never spoke a lot of the words that we speak. Because mm -hmm. we make the wrong choice and partner with fear too often. We make the wrong choice and choose discouragement over encouragement, whereas he never did. Mm -hmm. He only chose love. You will eat the fruit of your words, and others around you will as well. It is up to you what you're serving. It is up to you. And start somewhere. Make just start like uh, starting this moment. When you leave here, as soon as we close, you're going to talk to somebody on the way out, even if it's just the person you walked in with. Make a good choice with those words. Choose love over fear. When you're running late for something, sometimes choosing love over fear for me just looks like not saying, we're late again, because I know the kind of tension that brings and I'm choosing fear, whatever it is. You know the moments. And the Holy Spirit will help you. You can't even, I don't know if there's much hope for us to do this on our own at all, but that's the good news if you're not on your own. Yeah. You got the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You have a chance to make the greatest meal anybody's ever had. Not like the grilled cheeses I made Lisa and my family this week. They're actually kind of good considering I made them. Have you ever made a meal and you're like, that was pretty good considering I made them? Right? <laughs> But like when Lisa cooks, it's like just genuinely a good meal. <laughs> They're pretty good. They're good. It's hard to mess up from grilled cheese. You just put a lot of butter on it and, and cheese fry. and bread and, and I mean, it's cheesy bread and butter. Not a good choice though. Not a good choice. If you're comparing words to food, that's one of the ones that you should stay away from. <laughs> but I want you to have that image as you leave here today. Words aren't just words. We don't see them because they're invisible, right? Mm -hmm. But there's so much more to this world than what we see. Right. Do we not believe in the spiritual world? Do we mm -hmm. not believe that there's angels, that there's demons? Do we not believe that there's a God in heaven, even though maybe we've never seen him with our physical eyes? Do we not believe in the Savior that came, lived, yes. died for us, rose again on the third day? We've never seen that with our own eyes, but we believe it. We do believe in that world. Sometimes we don't have that picture of our words being just as real. Mm. But they are. They are, they are, they are. And we eat the fruit of them every moment of every day. And others around us do as well. And I'm telling you, if they don't like it, they're going to stop coming around. However, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And when you partner with Him and His words... It's not only best for you, it's going to be so much, it's going to be so much breakthrough for all those around you. Paul reminded me this morning, all of us in prayer, of a, a message or a word he had a couple years ago. 
We think about Paul and Silas so often, and, and they come up in so many messages about uh, that moment when they were in prison, and they began to worship and praise, and their chains fell off. A couple years ago, Paul pointed out that everybody else's chains fell off too. Everybody else in that prison, the other guilty prisoners, all of them had their chains loosed because of the praise coming from the lips of Paul and Silas. Amen. Not only will you find freedom in choosing love with your words, everybody around you will experience that freedom by that choice you're making to choose love over fear, to choose encouragement over discouragement. The picture that we get in Revelation of a double-edged sword coming out of the mouth of Jesus is a picture of a word being spoken twice. This is getting back into the Greek, but the word double-edged is another translation of it is two-tongued. This kind of tongue. And it has this picture of a word spoken from before time began. The word existed before time even began. And then as we, as believers, partner with that word and then we speak it, it's a double-edged, two-tongued sword and there's so much power in it. But you can also give the voice of the enemy that two-tongued power, that double-edged power, if you're partnering with his words. How do I know if it's his words? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's right. It's the discouragement side. It's the fear side. <laughs> Our words are so important. And we can change our own life by making better choices with them. And we can change the lives of others. Amen. 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 And I want my kids, when they leave the house, to want to come home as often as possible. Amen. Because I want them just to live there forever, right? Like, we just go onto the house. They can have their own wing with their spouses, right? We'll, just, we'll do it that way. I want my kids to want to be in my presence. Yeah. I want my kids to look back at their childhood and remember how, how, how encouraging that Lisa and I were to them. I want them to want to come back. I want my friends to want to be in my presence. I want people to leave our house and feel more hopeful than maybe they have in a long time. I want them to leave this place and feel more hopeful than ever. I want the people at Gastonia Street Mission, all on those Monday nights we go down there, to feel more hope when Freedom Church Gastonia right. shows up. Amen. Amen. Another time. I want Ridgeview Community Charter to be filled wall to wall with hope because Freedom Church was there on Friday. That's right, amen. I want Gastonia to yes. be the most hopeful city on the map because Freedom Church Gastonia exists on that map. Mm -hmm. And it starts with every one of us individually. It starts with our words. Right. What are you speaking over yourself? What are you speaking over the place you work? What are you speaking over your boss, your, your fellow uh, brothers and sisters who are employed at the same place as you? What are you speaking over your family? What are you speaking over your city? What are you speaking? I get really defensive about the city. When I hear somebody say something about Gastonia, I don't care if they're a stranger. I'm like, no, you're wrong. Gastonia right. is awesome. Right. Yeah. Amen. Right. What are you speaking? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This could be the start of something new. This could be the start of that diet that changes your life and fills your body with more life than you've ever had. Amen. It starts with one choice and one word. Make that choice today. Choose love over fear with your words. So good. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together.